Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 825 of the Juice Box podcast. Ooh, it's an After Dark episode. Oh, it's part. <laughs> You're going to love this. When you're hosting a podcast, the most you can hope for from your guests is honesty. And Perry brings the honesty in full force today. It's absolutely a fantastic episode. I can't thank him enough for being so open and vulnerable and honest. So Perry has type 1 diabetes, but he's only had it for a little while. But his little brother got it a really long time ago and has since passed away. This conversation is going to twist and turn around personal feelings, drug use, the sale of narcotics, some violence, a lot of stuff in here, all from a guy who's made a pretty big change in his life. I hope you listen. It's terrific. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Oh, please don't forget, if you're a U.S. resident, take this survey at t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Really helps the, the show and people living with type 1. Thank you. This episode of the Juicebox podcast is brought to you by Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 and Dexcom G7 continuous glucose monitors. Head over to dexcom.com forward slash juicebox to get started today and find out more. Dexcom G7 might not be out quite yet. It's been FDA approved. Might not be exactly available in the U.S. right now, but go check out the link. Uh, it's everything you need to know. I rushed myself a little in the opening, so let me say again, t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Take the survey, join the registry. It takes like 10 minutes. You're really helping when you do that. And I'm going to take a second here to remind you all about all the series that are within the podcast. You can find them in your podcast player by searching for them. Like if you wanted the Defining Diabetes series, you could type in Defining Diabetes juice box and it would come up. You want the Pro Tip series, same thing. But if you want to see all of the series in one place, you can kind of get a feeling for what episodes there are and what you could be looking for in your podcast player. Or if you want to just listen online, go to juiceboxpodcast.com. Actually, you can go to diabetesprotip.com too. At the top of those pages, hold on a second. Juicebox Podcast, sorry. There's a menu at the top of juiceboxpodcast.com where you'll see After Dark. This is an After Dark episode, by the way. Uh, Ask Scott and Jenny, Algorithm Pumping, Bold Beginnings, Defining Diabetes, Defining Thyroid, Diabetes Pro Tip, Diabetes Variables, Mental Wellness. Click on one of those. I'm just going to pick one. Like, here's Mental Wellness. When you click on that, it tells you a little bit about it, gives you a list of all the episodes, and there's actually a player right there where you can see the episode numbers, Listen to them right in the browser if you want, or at least you'll know what to search for in your podcast app. All right, so, all right, I've hit record, so you're being recorded now. And all you need to do when you're ready is just introduce yourself briefly, and then we'll start talking. My name is Perry, and I'm a type 1 diabetic. Excellent. Perry, how old are you? 33. 33. When were you diagnosed? How old? 32. Oh, no kidding. Recently. Yeah. No, I'm new. New, new. 
No kidding. Is there um, is there diabetes type one or other autoimmune issues in your family? Yeah, not a lot, but yes. Um, my I have a cousin on my father's side that's a type one, and a cousin on my mother's side that's a type one, and everybody else is type two. That's a whole ball game. But um, and then my younger brother, which is he's passed now. He was a type one. He was born. He was diagnosed at um. He had it eight months old, but they didn't diagnose him until he's nine months old. Okay. And you said he's passed away. How old was he when he passed? 19. Was that recently or in the past? Nine years ago. Nine Two, years. Uh, De- December 10th, 2013. Worst day of my life. December 10th, 2013. Okay. Uh, so he's type one his whole life, basically, minus the first nine months. Um, but you, just this last year. Can I ask you... Well, I guess we have to find out. So um, first, let's hear about how you were diagnosed. What did you notice and how did it get you to a doctor? I can't believe that we didn't notice it. We should have noticed it sooner with with my younger brother, you know, and but it. I don't know why we, we, we couldn't read the writing on the walls, but I was extreme thirst. I remember throughout the night, I remember one night I drank six sodas from midnight to 6 a.m. And I was going back and forth to sleep too. Mm-hmm. And I knew something went right about that and extreme thirst. And then I was working from home at the time and I upstairs and my mother would come upstairs just to look at me and I'd be on the clock dead asleep. Um, just, I'd just fall over. And finally she said, let me check your sugar. And the machine that we had, it would read up to eight or 900, I believe something like that. And my sugar wouldn't read it just said hi yeah. so i was probably around the thousand mark and then you go to the hospital or did you go to a doctor they tr- they tried to get me to go to the er right then i really didn't want to i was going to but like i said i have another type one cousin mm-hmm. so i just called him and said ryan i need insulin because this happened on a friday so we couldn't and i didn't want to go to the hospital all weekend so i got some humalog from him one of his pens and we were just microdosing me over the weekend, getting my sugar down. And now if that was not an option. I would have went. Yeah. Um, because I, I was, hell, I was probably in DK. I remember pissing on that strip and it was, so, sorry, it was so purple that <laughs> it, looked, it, looked, it looked like Barney. I like, I like Perry that when you realized you said piss, you said Fuck, as, as a response <laughs> and you're like, Fuck, I don't want to say piss. Damn. <laughs> But don't worry about it. Like I said, just speak the way you speak. We'll take care of it later. Um, yes, yeah, so your ketones are, are sky high. Um, and you were, a- did you, with any, were you able to bring your blood sugar down over the weekend? I mean, I imagine you kept testing, right? Oh, of course. Yes. Um, yeah. Like I said, if I had, if that wasn't an option and it wasn't working, I would have went to the hospital. Yeah, we got it down. I really don't remember what we got it down to, but we just kept micro dosing. You know, we really didn't want to go sure. anything extreme. And we were just doing like two units at a time, you know, um, not much. And we got it down. And then we went to the doctor um, Monday and went there and told him what happened. And he looked at me and, and hit, he, they would recommend to put me in the hospital as well. But he know I've been with him for a little while and he knows me. He knows I don't want to go. So they gave me fluids. And I sit in the office for like five, six hours getting fluids. I got like 15 bags of magnesium. Oh, wow. Good doctor. Was, or a mob doctor. I, I'm not sure which one, Barry. 
<laughs> I, I love him. He's not much older than me. I'm 33, and he I believe he's 36, 38, something like that. He's just – I love my doctor. Yeah, oh, that's excellent. Okay, so this is just a year ago. So were you sick prior to your diagnosis at all? Not really. I mean, I was – Growing up, I was healthy as a horse. Yeah. I was watching my brother, watching my brother deal with it. He was a Medtronic patient. And so, tell me. So he was. I'm sorry, your brother. Are we going to say his name? Matthew. Yeah, Matthew. I have no problem saying. Okay. It. Okay. So Matthew was 19 when he passed, but that's seven, eight, nine years ago already. He'd be 28 now. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. He'd be 28. You're 33. Um. Can we talk about him for a little bit? What was do you do you have a you lot can, of recollection about his I'm, life with diabetes? Oh, absolutely! I'm an open book man. You can ask me anything. I'm very honest. I don't have a problem telling anything. Yeah. Did he struggle with it, or did he do well? Oh, uh, it was always a struggle. Why do you think? Um, you, you hear the term "brittle diabetic" thrown around and stuff like that. I mean, it's not a I don't know, but he, you could have considered him a brittle diabetic. I mean, it was just the extreme highs, the extreme lows. Um, Cause before he got diagnosed, he was sucking the, the, he would get the baby wipes and he was sucking the juice out of the baby wipes. He was drinking a gallon of tea a day. He was drinking, he was floating his bed. And that's when mama knew something went right. And they uh, rushed him to the doctor and, he actually had my of uh, yeah my pediatrician was Doctor Wittenberg and he he didn't catch it and then turned out another pediatrician caught it and they diagnosed him in nine months sucking the liquid out of the wet wipes that that'll stick with me for a while that's something um, the, the extreme thirst yeah. and and I know what he's talking about now I mean you just like you 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 think you get caught mouth from smoking weed? <laughs> Let your sugar run high. <laughs> uh, well, that's okay. So so he's diagnosed obviously very early, and I mean we're talking about thirty two ish years ago too. So in the early nineties, kind of. Uh, right he was born in ninety four. Oh, ninety four. Okay, so ninety four, ninety five. This happened. Then your. And it's you, you're older, and him. Is there other, are there other kids, or are you the only two? I have a sister that she was never, she, like, stillborn, I guess you would say. Um, she never actually made it, so. But so, my point is, your mom was raising two little boys at that point. Oh, yeah, yeah. and the part was that she got sent home with a baby that had type 1 diabetes, and she had no clue how to take care of him. Yeah, that that's my point, so. So she does the best she can with him. And is she, your parents together at that point or now? No, not anymore. They're divorced now, but um, they were together back then. They were then. Okay. So your mom and dad are, are trying to help this little baby. You're not much older and it, it's tough for her. She, she's not getting good direction. At some point, does your brother uh, try an insulin pump or a glucose monitor or anything like that? Well, back, Matthew was one of the ones, he was borderline on the shitty treatment, like, because the insulin that was available back then was shit. Yeah. Um, and now, yeah, and they finally put it, when he was six years old, they put him on a pump. And we had to go to Charlotte to do that. So he Charlotte, did, North Carolina. Yeah, he did regular MPH then for five or so years. 
Yeah, exactly. That stuff sucked. Yeah. So your mom was shooting him a couple times a day, feeding him on a schedule, that kind of stuff. Did your did your life have to follow his diabetes schedule as far as food went? As far as food? No, not really. Um he we no, not really. I mean, he never seemed to really bother him like if I ate something in front of him because he hell if he wanted it, he'd eat it too and just take a shot for it. So Okay. <laughs> so, all right. So when you finally have to try, isn't that interesting how long ago it was you had to travel to get on a pump. So he gets on a pump, which means he goes to faster acting insulin and things don't get much better for him. Does your mom not get like good direction again around what to do? She had a woman that was helping. I can't remember her name, but um, she really, really helped out a lot and really informed mom of how to take care of this baby and she's done a good job because now um i trust my mother's opinion just as much as my endocrinologist <laughs> the only re- the only reason i go down there is because my mama can't write prescriptions we <laughs> <laughs> get her doing that but, she's gonna make a lot of friends uh, so uh, <laughs> uh she she's very she's very intelligent when it comes to type 1 diabetes okay so the diabetes part was when he was younger you think was being fairly well taken care of. Are you aware of what his A1Cs were back then by any chance? Highest he's ever had was 14 point something. Do you know where it was generally speaking? Like they, like after he was diagnosed? When the 14 happened? Yeah. Do you think that 14 was early on? No, the 14, like as like teenagers and stuff growing up, you know, especially going through puberty and, and then stare and you, and you know how steroids are. Yeah, was he using steroids? Oh yeah. Well, see what? Uh, yeah, I didn't. I forgot one part. Um, That's okay. The part about his diagnosis was that he had some of the worst asthma you could ever imagine, oh. and that really, really, really complicated it because he was on steroids for that, and then that's just destroying his blood sugars. He lived in the hospital for half the year for the first five years of his life. He was in the hospital half the year. And that was from the asthma. From the asthma and the diabetes, both. They just, it was, they, they, it was uncontrollable. Um, we were always going to the emergency room and they were always admitting him in the hospital. I mean, mm-hmm. it got to the point to where D three, I can go down to that hospital, get me two greasy hot dogs and I'll go sit on that air conditioner and eat them and look out the window. I've done that so many times. I look, wish I had a dollar for every time I did it. Yeah. Feels comfortable probably. Um, yeah. Okay. So he's got asthma and type one on top of that. They're giving him steroids for the asthma, which is driving up his blood sugar. And back then there's no, I mean, even the meter technology is shaky, but there's no continuous glucose monitors. He can't, it's not like you're looking at his blood sugar constantly on a phone or something. They, they, they were talking about it. That's, that's, they were talking about, about it back then. Um, but they, it never became available to him before he ended up passing. But. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then I'm imagining as he gets older, he's taking over more of the care from your mom and he's probably not putting in the same effort she is. And her effort was still, she was fighting an uphill battle. And then, Oh, absolutely. You know that. I mean, of course it's a, it's a child, you know, how a child is going to control its own. I mean, he wouldn't even take his insulin sometimes, you know? Okay. So he was pretty, he was pretty resistant to, to doing the thing. Not not resistant. Or do you think it was just, what do you think it was? (sighs) 
every I mean, not really. He was pretty good about it because my mother she she stayed on top of him from it because when Atlantis come around, that was a dream. And then every night, I thought I had another little brother because mom would holler out Atlantis every single night that way <laughs> to remind him to take it. And I thought I had another little brother. <laughs> the end of the Waltons. Good night, Atlantis. Yeah. Good night, Perry. Good night, yeah. Uh, okay. So all right. So his his care is. Is, is what it is through his adult years. And he passes away. Does he pass away from something related to type one? Yeah, he had a heart attack and it was directly related to it. Um, two of his arteries going to his heart were a hundred percent clogged. And the, uh, the last one I believe was in the like 43% or something like that. Mm. That The doctor said it was a very extreme heart attack. He said he felt nothing. He just, he just went all yeah. of a sudden. Did he have other issues from diabetes before the heart attack? Uh, problems with his eyes or neuropathy, or was there any other things happening? Not necessarily. Um, and he probably was dealing with neuropathy and just didn't really know. Um, but back then, they only back then the doctors the only thing they did they pushed kidneys and eyes on us. They never said anything about his heart because he didn't. He was only weighed one hundred and seventy pounds. So he wasn't overweight or anything like that. They never one time checked his heart. They never said anything about his heart. They only just pushed kidneys and eyes down our throats. Hmm. Yeah, it's so, I mean, because you have type one now, I'll, I'll share with you that, you know, the way anything goes wrong in your body from high blood sugars, whether it's your kidneys, your heart, your eyes, or, or neuro anything, it's that that sugar in the, in the molecular level is it's there's too much of it packed in your bloodstream and it, it's actually scraping the insides of your veins and your arteries. And, yeah. You know, little they told, yeah, they everything. told us, it, um, they told us his arteries crystallized. They hardened over completely and crystallized and there was absolutely no flow going through them. Yeah. It's terrible because what happens is they get scraped and then they try to repair themselves and they scar. And then that's, mm -hmm. that scarring makes a blockage. Um, and so yeah, they even told us that, uh, they, they even told us that he had a minor heart attack the week before. I don't know if he knew it and didn't tell us or just didn't know or. Yeah. So his death is a, is a shock then. Oh, he, I absolutely. Um, he was, he worked third shift at the time and he was at my house and he was, he was complaining about his. Take your time, Perry. I'm sorry. He was complaining about a headache and he took some ibuprofen and he said he's starting to feel better. It was 10 15 and then at um, 10 30 he left, um, left in the van. And um, we didn't know. <laughs> and I say this too I was on house arrest at the time and at three o'clock in the morning, Greenville County was beating on the door and I thought they were coming for me. So I was hiding. <laughs> And then uh, they just kept asking questions about Matthew. And mom said, why are you asking questions about Matthew? He's the one in trouble pointing to me. And, <laughs> and then that's when they, they told us. And my mother just fell to her knees instantly. And because he, he actually died at the wheel. He, he had the heart attack and then crossed three lanes of traffic and went into a parking lot and 
his foot was never on the brake, hmm. wasn't on the gas either, and it was still in gear, but I guess it had died. He sat there for two hours dead before anyone ever even noticed it uh-huh. because it was a rough area where he's at. I mean, hell, to be honest with you, I would, it, they probably just thought he was passed out from dope or something. But right. Did he do someone um- in it? I'm sorry, I, I I didn't mean to cut you off. There's no, just, no, go go ahead. Yeah. Was, yeah. was he doing like other drugs as well? One, like, oh no, no, he no? he wasn't doing anything. He was clean. Um, yeah, no, yeah, he yeah, wasn't yeah. doing anything. Okay, it's just that's what I was saying. The, that area was rough, and he was way he he was dead over the wheel. And I just see. probably thought he was on dope. Is there or another but, guy passed out in a car somewhere? And I got yeah, they just thought. Yeah, they just thought it was normal. No, no, he wasn't on nothing. His toxicology report come back clean. Okay. Um, well, well, obviously this is a, is a, is completely shocking. So when when this happens, I guess the the way I want to go with the conversation is it it kind of takes diabetes out of your life suddenly, right? Like it just doesn't exist anymore. You're, you, and do you forget about it, or is it something that you still kind of hold on to? Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. That's where you're going to go to learn more and get started today with the Dexcom CGM. Why would you do that? Well, if you're using insulin, your blood sugar can and will fluctuate. Being able to see those fluctuations, to see the rate and change that's going on in your blood sugar, to just be able to see the number. Like I'm going to pick up my phone right now. Arden's away at college. And I can tell you that her blood sugar is 94. And it's decreasing. Looks like she's drifting down just slightly. Now, I happen to know Arden's in her dorm room doing her homework right now. But this drop is a little suspect to me. Looks like she looks like she missed on her lunch a little bit. Probably bolused again to get it down. And now she's dropping a little beyond where she probably wants to be. So I'm going to watch this for the next couple of minutes. I'll see her blood sugar in real time. And I'll make a decision as to whether or not it's going to level out. Or keep falling. If it's going to keep falling, I might send her a little text and be like, hey, I don't think your blood sugar is going to stop, just to sort of make her aware of it. But if this fall was happening quickly, I would know it too. I'd be looking and thinking, oh, Arden's blood sugar is falling too fast. I have to call her. This is this is the technology. This is what you want. It's what you need. Go find it. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. I'm seeing my daughter's blood sugar. She's 700 miles from here. I'm seeing it on my phone. In just a swipe of my finger. Actually, up to 10 people can follow her. Right now, my wife and myself and a couple of her roommates follow her Dexcoms. They only have her settings. Like They're not bothered uh, with alarms uh, during the day, but they have it set up so that if Arden's blood sugar gets to 55, they get an alarm so they can go check on her. You can set your alarms wherever you want. Mine are at 120 and 70, but you know, Dexcom allows you the freedom to do whatever you want to do with it. Seriously, just, I mean, I can't say enough good things about it. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Get started today with the G6. G7 is coming any minute now in the U.S. and it's available in Europe. Go. What are you doing? I mean, listen to Perry and then go. Is Perry not amazing, by the way? What, what do you see? There's, we are not even a little bit into this story yet. 
Oh, I never, I never let it. I have a, I have a tattoo on my face and it says his name. And then I've got the little universal diabetes symbol up under it. I mean, it's that, and I know this might sound stupid, but he was my best friend and putting this tattoo on my face is, I feel that's the way I can still carry him with me. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't sound stupid, but I just wanted to know if you like once the care, the day-to-day care of diabetes was out of the house, like, does it dissipate or do you, I mean, do you think of it as what killed mama, mama really, really, um, cause you know, she'd always had something to do, you know, cause there's a child type one diabetes, you know, you're always doing something. It really affected her more than anything because she didn't really have nothing to do now. No one to yeah. take care of. Yeah. And, she kind of lost her job almost. Yeah. yeah. Now she, she's, she's clocked back in now. <laughs> did you find yourself angry about his death or sad? Absolutely. Yeah. Where did the anger get focused at? Like, was it the diabetes or how did it come out when you were thinking about it? I don't know. I just, I, it, I was just mad. And I, I know this is going to sound horrible too, but I said, why couldn't it be someone else's brother? Why'd you have to take, you know, why, why mine? Yeah, yeah I understand. Um, I guess, I guess I'm, 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 I was glad to hear your story, obviously. And I appreciate you telling, I know it's hard to talk about. I, I asked you about it because I wondered when you get diagnosed last year, wh- is your first thought, this is going to kill me? Or like, I wanted to know how you felt about it and how you've kind of approached it. It was really a lot of deja vu because, you know, suddenly we're right back into it. And, um, I, I'm actually worse off than he was because now I have gastroparesis as well. And, I keep my sugar under control better than he did. So like right now, my A1C is 6.6. It was 5.8 last time. But. Wow. Gastroparesis and came then, for you pretty quickly. Are they sure it's gastroparesis? Like what? Yeah, you- oh yeah. They done, they done the gastric Indian study. And um, my doctor told me, he said it was a 40 minute test and it took two and a half hours. And my doctor said when it takes two hours that's when they consider it gastroparesis and I, I was at the two and a half hour mark and they gave me reglin they just started me on reglin a few days ago and it's been night and day difference this week as far as my stomach i mean i i could do backflips because of it. <laughs> tell me a little bit about the symptoms with your stomach like how did it present what got you to the doctor really bloated a lot belching a lot can't eat or then when you do eat, I take just two or three bites and I feel full all of a sudden. Yeah. And then I, I had a bad cancer scare too, because, um, my pancreas, they removed it as well. I don't have it no more. Um, I had a cyst on it. It was eight millimeters. It was, they said it was decent size and they said it was hard. And, you know, usually when stuff's hard, that's when the, you start worrying and, they sent a biopsy off and everything, but it come back clean. So I don't have, there's nothing. I didn't want pancreatic cancer. Mm. How long ago was the cyst is since the diabetes diagnosis, right? Uh, yeah, the cyst, they, they removed my pancreas probably about, it's been about a year ago. So you didn't, did you get diabetes before they took out your pancreas or do you have diabetes because they took out your pancreas? I had diabetes before, before. they took out my pancreas. Okay. My, my pancreas is, um, because also my pancreas, it didn't make enzymes either. Yeah. Matthew's pancreas still made enzymes. I didn't even know nothing about that. 
the yeah. enzymes that di- help you digest your food. Because right. now I have to take re- I take Reglan 30 minutes before I eat, and then I take Creon directly after I eat the enzymes to help me digest the food. Because if not, it's explosive diarrhea and it's painful. Mm. Yeah, I was so it's funny. I mean, not funny, but um, I was going to say that my daughter is the one in my family who has type one. She's 18. And a lot of the things you talked about, about the bloating and getting full easily and not digesting food, et cetera, was happening to her. We took her to a, uh, to a doctor who, you know, looked in her stomach and said, Hey, you know, she's got undigested food in here. And then he just called it gastroparesis. Now mm-hmm. my daughter's had her A1C has been in the fives or the sixes for like the last 10 years. And so it seemed odd that she would have gastroparesis. It also seems odd that you would have it so quickly after your diagnosis. And so I, I, I can go ahead and tell you right now, I've got neuropathy. I'm already dealing with it because I, I, I just know that's what it is. Cause I've got a test schedule. They're getting ready to do that. And that'll be another diagnosis. So why do you think it's moving so quickly? I have no idea, to be honest with you. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Well, but it it is it's, it's it's escalating quickly. It really is. Yeah. So uh, not that these not that your thing and her thing have to be the same thing, but she started just taking an over the counter digestive enzyme, and and pairing it up with well, we started with the digestive enzyme, which got the food get, getting out of her stomach, and so that helped a lot. And then after that, she wasn't still wasn't going to the bathroom. So we added a magnesium oxide that helped her go to the bathroom. And then we put in a really like kind of high quality probiotic to kind of rebuild her, you know, the bacteria in her stomach. And she's doing so much better now from that. Excuse me. Yeah. He put me on, the, he tried to, he put me on the probiotics too. I took them and stuff. And then I, uh, there's something else he gave me for my stomach. I don't remember what the name of it was. And then he had me on Carfate, which is like a high powered Pepto-Bismol. And then, but, I'm telling you, the so far the Reglan and the Creon, those two together is really helped you. I, 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 I can get through a day pretty easily with both of okay. them. If I don't have them, it's rough. Yeah, we learned what we learned was we tried the probiotics like a year before, but I think what was happening is that her stomach was kind of s- such a a nasty place with undigested food that the probiotics couldn't make a dent in it. It wasn't until we aided the digestion. And then made sure that the elimination part was happening it, like the way it was supposed to. Like so, once the body was flowing, you know, in the mouth, outer ass, like you know, the way it was supposed to, and mm-hmm. then adding the probiotics seemed to help her. Like so, I mean, I don't know, man, but that's it's tough, and it just seems like look, I'm not a doctor, but it's crazy that you could develop gastroparesis in a year after having type one diabetes with a six six a one c. That doesn't that sounds a little weird because I would more think that you lost your pancreas and all of the help that it gives with digestion. Like, I don't know if, so there's an episode, I'm going to find it for you. I'll tell you about it at the you end. Were, but You were asking a minute ago, you said if what I thought might could lead to it. Um, Cause I'm a pretty honest person. I had a pretty good drug addiction for several years and maybe that could have, I'm clean now, but yeah, I don't know, man. I, all I can tell you is that I'm, I'm looking for it right now. Um, that a doctor who does that kind of work, who who looks at someone's stomach, they call any slow digestion, they call it gastroparesis. So there's a difference between gastroparesis that you get from uncontrolled diabetes and the just the idea that you're not di- digesting food quickly. So that, but then you mentioned neuropathy and that slowed me down from saying that to you. So um, 
Where are you feeling neuropathy? Hands, feet? Both hands, feet. I get the sharp. I get more of the burning sensations and mm -hmm. the sharp pains than the cold sensations. Some people say cold, some people say hot, but I get more of the real. It, it sucks. Yeah. Um. Do Do your blood sugars <laughs> bounce? Do you get real high and then yeah. real low? Yeah, because where I'm new, I, I I don't know how to bolster food yet. I mean, I'm still learning, mm -hmm. and it, it it sounds I, I you would think I would know more because I had a brother for 19 years with it, but it's just different when you got to deal with it yourself. Sure, sure. Um, how about do you? Have, like, how are you making out with gear? Like, you're using a pump, or are you shooting with MDI, or what are you doing? I'm a tandem patient, and uh, wear a Dexcom as well. Oh, all right. So, do they have you on control IQ? Yeah, I do. Okay. I'm on control IQ. Are you pre-bolusing your meals, putting in insulin before you eat? Yes, I'm just not good at it. <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> to learn how to count, count, you know, and the, you think counting the carbs is your is your biggest um, challenge currently? Yeah. What kind of um, do you mind me asking about this stuff? I don't care. Yes, I, I, what what kind of diet do you think you keep? Like, what's an average day? Oh, uh, we're, we're with the gastro. I don't eat during the day. I can't eat. Uh, most of the days, it's it just sucks. And I've gotten used to now. I eat one time a day. I eat in the evening. And and I, I mean, I pretty much eat what I want. But I don't go crazy with it. You know, I keep it. Mo uh, I go modest with it, but just take insulin for it. How about um? Is there a lot of deep fried foods? A lot of oils? No, no, no. The air, no, the air fryer really love it. Good, good. Okay, I'm just because sometimes fat can also slow down digestion. So I was wondering about yeah. that. Um, I was reading. I was reading that last night. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna learn a lot of stuff this year. You didn't think you'd ever have to care about. I imagine. Yes, um, but th it's good to know. You know, I mean, the the better to say, like, just imagine if podcasts and stuff like that you know, existed for your mom back when she was trying to raise a, a nine month old with diabetes or any of this technology. Hell, if that was true, hell, he could still be alive. That oh, you, you never know. I, I hate to say, but I think that, you know, I've interviewed a lot of people and people who had type one diabetes for a long time who were kind of diagnosed back then, they'll all tell you the same story that it was a lot of just randomness like you shot the insulin you ate you didn't really know what you were doing you know hell you, the doctor you know. the doctors didn't even know back then hardly right. because they didn't have because if, if they would have known they would have told mama what to do yeah, yeah no it was just it and and the technology wasn't great um meters weren't great pumping wasn't great so you couldn't even test you couldn't even like test enough to really give yourself an idea of what was happening and with those other insulins the r and the mph for example and older ones you know the uh, pork and, and beef and that kind of stuff. It's not like you were shooting insulin for a meal. You were just kind of putting it in and then just hoping that it was enough to handle the meals that you were having and kind of trying to eat to the insulin where now you can decide to eat something and push a button and, and get insulin for it. It's a big deal. Um, I can even give myself insulin from my phone. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's I, I amazing. Bowl, I bolus from my phone. It's absolutely amazing. And and you're probably getting that six A1C at the moment just because the algorithm is trying so hard to keep you in range. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's, even, that's just my, that is my biggest challenge now. I've just got to learn the, to pre bowls better and to count better how to. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm constantly, I'll, I'll reach in a trash can looking. I'm like, oh, damn it, what did that say? 
you also start to get a feeling for it um, after a while because people don't eat. I mean, there's not an endless number of foods you eat. Like if you really look at your diet, you probably eat the same handful of things over and over again. So you can kind of start to learn like, all right, I tried, you know, I said this was 30 carbs and I, you know, I, my blood sugar went to 180 and then I had to correct it with another unit. Like maybe I'll try saying it's, I don't know, 33 next time or, you know, or we'll put in a little extra and insulin. And, and Also like, that I'm, I'm actually really limited on like what I can eat because they I had I had full dentures, but they removed my teeth about a year ago as well. I I thought you were going to say because they put you on a gastroparesis diet, which is limiting, but it's about oh, it's about dentures and fit. so. I got to ask you before we get too much farther, Perry. How do you end up on house arrest? Uh, uh I like selling drugs and running from the law <laughs> and getting caught while you're doing those things. I guess more importantly, <laughs> I was in the wrong car when I was running. Yeah. Um, okay. Go ahead. Tell me. Do what? I, I'm sorry. I cut you off. I didn't mean to. I was just going to say, go ahead and keep going. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I was, <laughs> I was just saying I was in the wrong car that day because, um, hell I ran from the law several times. I was just in the wrong car. It blew up. <laughs> I was in my wife. I was in, I was in my wife's car and it was just a little Jetta. If it hadn't have died, I'd have made it. <laughs> You were going to make it. And the car, the car is the at fault. <laughs> Damn it. They had to, they, uh, you know what a pit maneuver is? I do. They pitted me eight times. All they did, they, they pit me and knocked me around. I drive the other way. They drive back. They pit me and knock me around. I keep going. I said, <laughs> Fuck it, I'm going to make them work for it. <laughs> <laughs> they, um, the cops, when they, when the car finally died, they, me and Matthew were in the car. They come at gunpoint and drew both of us out. And then that cop punched me in the face. Sorry, I didn't mean to say it, but, um, which I, hell, I deserve that. <laughs> but, uh, and then, uh, they, they kind of pissed me off though, because Matthew, you know, diabetics, we carry a bag around at all times with stuff in it. Um, Matthew had his bag and they were going through it, looking at the needles and they said, Oh, who's the dope head? I said, F you, buddy. I said, he's, and then when the sheriff showed up, no one told anything to him. He just looked in the car and he said, Who's the diabetic? I said, thank you. Yeah, he knows, right? Hey, listen, I'm going to put this out here right now. Uh, Volkswagen wants to buy an ad on this episode. I'll, re- I'll put it back together again for you. Because what an ad for a Jetta. You know what I mean? <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I, it, it was tough. <laughs> the thing really held up. <laughs> and then, I don't know why the cop was so mad because when he showed up to court, he had a brand new car. Because he, he was in a shitty car. Um, it was not the paint coming off. And it was old. He got a brand new one out of it. Right? I love the way you think. This guy should have been happy. You got him a new squad car. He had a new charger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? You should have been thanking you. What the hell? Yeah. Were you guys underage at that point, or how old were you? Oh, shit. I was 24, 25. And that, just, that whole thing just puts you on house arrest. It doesn't get you time? Um, The first... I've done house arrest twice, actually. Mm-hmm. Um. The first time was for three months. That was for the selling, selling dope. And they wanted to put me in there, but thank God for character witnesses, you know, people standing out there and crying for you saying he ain't a bad person. Yeah. So it got me out. They got me house arrest and, uh, 90 days for that. And then the second time I got house arrest was for running from the law. Mm-hmm. When, when you I say, got called, when you say dope, I think of heroin, but you mean weed. It was actually that fake, uh, that fake stuff, that incense stuff. You remember? You were selling uh, 
I can't think of the name of it. Damn it. Um, K2 spice. Okay. Spice. That's what I was. That's the word I couldn't yeah. find. Okay. And, but that's still, is that part of the reason why you only got house arrest? Hell no. Actually they took that. They, that was serious. They were mad. Yeah. They were madder about that. They, they would have took it more easy on me if it was actually just weed. They came in the store. I worked at, they, um, hey, I'm honest. We sold that spice stuff, and then we sold the bath salt, which is nothing but, you know, cocaine. Mm -hmm. And they come in looking for that. They didn't find it because it was next door. We we hid it. Um, And they were mad, and they illegally um, got my keys and went to my car and pulled out a bag of that incense. It was like 500 grams or something like that. And... um, Illegally, he he had he 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 couldn't go to my car. He didn't have a warrant for my car. I was, oh, I was so mad over that. Right. I, bath salts. The I guess the the deal with that is it was so much cheaper than like using meth or cocaine, right? So a lot cheaper and yeah. it was better. Gotcha. Uh, that's like back when the the news stories of like guys like losing their and like eating people in the street and stuff like that. Those were bath salts, right? That's those trips. Do I don't believe it. I want. I want to know what. I want to know what else they were on. They were just. They were blaming it all on basalt at the time because that was the hot topic. I think. I want to know what else. I want to know what else he was on. Gotcha. You yeah. know, to be, to make you do that because I could. I've done more basalt than you could shake a stick at, and yeah, I'd never eat nobody's face. So, <laughs> what's the high from uh, basalt's like? Is it? It's like a methamphetamine high. Okay. Do you th- do you, is that why you lost your teeth by any chance? Oh yeah, because after that, after the bath salt and all that stuff, and I never really done any hard drugs until Matthew died. And I mean, I'm not really using it as an excuse, but I, I was I I was I was going crazy after he died. I I didn't know what to do. Yeah. So and you, you, tr- I'm sorry. Prior to him, you'd sold it, but you weren't using it. Oh well, yeah, I know. I was using it while I was selling it. While you're selling, and then, okay. um, oh yeah, you you ain't gonna find many drug dealers that don't. But uh, and then after that, after he died, that's when I tried meth, and then I got hooked on that for a couple of years. And Man, that sucks. Uh, that, what got that, you? that more that morphine? What got you off of that? I got. I just when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you make that, I, mean, I was, I was done with us. I, I said, I'm, I'm sick of this. And my mother had moved to Kentucky after my parents divorced. And then I just went up there and went to her house and I locked, I went in the room for three weeks. I come out to pee. That was it. And get something to drink. I didn't eat nothing. I didn't talk to nobody, but I just sat there and sweated it out for three weeks. And I was done with it. Perry, you, you, you kicked it on your own. Just in the house? Yeah. Wow. My dad tried to my dad tried to get me to go to rehab, but I wouldn't. And um and then, you know, of course, any true any real dope head, I'll I'll be an addict for the rest of my life, you know, technically. So and I've relapsed a couple of times over those years, but you know, I'm clean, I don't do anything anymore. But so while you were talking, I Googled this and there's an NIH article. It's twenty eleven but it's about neurological manifestations of chronic meth abuse. And one of the things I found in here was neuropathy. Oh, I'll go ahead and tell you right now. 
I have restless leg syndrome from that. I it, the day I quit doing meth, and then those three weeks after I was done, I I developed restless leg syndrome, and I still to this day have it. Yeah. Okay. I, I, well, I think just when you're talking to your doctor about this, I think you have to be honest with them. Not that you probably aren't, but I think you have to tell them that you think the neuropathy I'm, might be from the meth, not from the. I know. Yeah. I was thinking about. I, honestly, I was talking to my girlfriend about that earlier. Because he's putting me on different medicines and stuff. I just need to be honest with him, let him know that kind of what my history is. So because think, he's yeah, anything, so. any kind of any kind of dose they give me, I need a double of it because <laughs> I'm, I'm very I'm very, very tolerant to things and I build a tolerance extremely quick. Yeah. Um, yeah. You and that jet are tough. <laughs> That's like the other day when I went up here, they put me on depression medicine. I'm on Wellbutrin now and. It's like I I can tell it I can tell the difference. It's actually helped me put me in a little better mood, but I need a I need a double dose of it. I mean, because well, what that's what like any, anybody that goes into the hospital say like you get hurt like if you're a bad dope head. Well, that normal dose they give you ain't gonna do shit. Doesn't touch you the way it touches other people. Yeah. What um, how long do you think you were depressed for? I, hell, I'm still depressed now because I lost my I, I lost my house in the flood back in July. I lost three cars and Perry, what the fuck? Hold on, no where there was a flood, you lost your home. You remember back in July? Did you hear anything about the big rains in Eastern Kentucky? I I think I did actually. I have a friend who lives in Kentucky, so I did hear about that. And that well, I was a vi- I was a vi- I was a victim. My house was under ten foot of water. Oh my god. Were you there? How do you get away from something like that? I was actually trapped upstairs because the water started coming in so fast that it started running in the house and it was probably a foot deep in the house. And I was, I have three, three dogs. So I grabbed my German, my first German shepherd and I put, I picked her up like a, just like a, a baby. And she knew what I was doing. She wrapped her legs around my neck and held on so tight. And I carried her to safety come back and I had my other German shepherd. He's standing on the coffee table because the water's rising. I grab him, put him around my shoulders and carry him to safety. Then I come back and get my other little uh, miniature Aussie doodle and get him to safety and then come back and get mama. And then I went into the kitchen to kill them because by this time there's four foot of water. My pump, I, thank God this pump's waterproof because <laughs> I was walking through water and it was under it. Way to go, Tandem. Too. Nicely done. Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. Hey, did but, I hear um, that you got the dogs before your mom? She was actually getting, to, we had two puppies out back, so I'm that's what she was you. doing. Yeah, I was just teasing you. <laughs> but no, that, that's it. But yeah, there was two puppies out back. She was, I said, you go get the puppies, I'll get these. And then you, and then I got mom and took her next door. And then, um, like I said, I went to, to the kitchen to go kill because there's four foot of water in there. I went to the kitchen to go kill the main power, mm-hmm. and I took a stick and I took a stick and killed the main power. And by that point, there's probably five or six. I couldn't get out. I had to go upstairs, and I was trapped. Yeah, I was trapped upstairs. I was trapped upstairs for twelve hours. Okay, okay, wow. And then the water recedes, but then the house is just ruined after that. Yeah, it's just, yeah. they've already tore it down. It's already gone. What are you gonna do? Move in the trailer. You can do go to a trailer. Is, your, is that what your mom's doing as well? Yeah, moving in a mobile home. Okay, okay. Um, did you get any? Did you have any kind of insurance coverage for the house? No, or is it no. just a dead loss? Because I mean, no. 
Yeah, you wouldn't expect a flood there like that, right? It's never happened. Yeah. Um, that was actually a first-time thing. They, they called it where my area exactly. I live in Letcher County in Whitesburg. And um, the next little town over, Hazard, Kentucky, and maybe Harlem was as well. But we got hit the absolute hardest. They said ours was a thousand-year flood, what they called it. Oh, lucky you. Um, yeah, no shit. <laughs> Jesus, that sucks. Um, it was. It was. The water was so strong. It was. It was picking houses up off the foundation and moving them. Okay. Well, that's cr- well because the houses are not built for that, right? No. I mean, that nobody thinks people, of that. I, I think the. I think the final count is there was about fifty people that died. Wow. Wow. Geez, that's terrible. Oh my god. Um. Okay. So, are you at at the moment? Do you have the um the mobile home yet, or are you are you staying somewhere else until then? I'm in South Carolina right now with family, but um they're actually getting ready to move it in. I think next week. Okay, and you'll go back, and then you're going back to Kentucky then. I'd like to. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wow. Your girlfriend is she where you are now, or is she back in Kentucky? No, she's yeah, she's in South Carolina. She's in South Carolina with you. Okay, so yeah. you guys would be going together, I imagine, if you went back. Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, I, I hope, like yeah, like like to try and talk you into it. <laughs> well, I hope it works out for you. That's, I mean, just it's absolutely insane. Um, do you think that your brother's like the anniversary of your brother's passing hit you harder this year because more things are going on, or because it, the reason you uh, let me just say for people listening, the reason you're talking to me today. Is because I think somebody directed you to the Facebook group for the podcast and you put up a really like touching post about your brother. And then I think Willie sent you to me to be on. And you don't know this about the show, but the show books out like a year in advance. So you and I are recording today in December because I had like, the, an, I don't get a lot of cancellations, but I just had a cancellation. Like if, if we didn't do this today right now, I wouldn't be able to do this till like September in 2023. So, yeah, the timing was just really crazy. Like you were there and I thought, oh, I was going to, I was going to do some editing that day, but I thought I'll record with Perry, you know, uh, as well. And, and so you're, you're very new to the podcast and you're, but, but my question is, is does it, does it strike you every year at his anniversary the way it did this year? Or do you think you're a little more uh, emotional this year? It always hits me pretty hard and his, his birthday's Valentine's day and, that one hits me pretty hard too. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I imagine it does. Uh, what do you get out of the sharing? You just are you trying to let people know how you feel, or you're trying to let them know about him, you're trying to keep his memory alive? Like, what is that? What's that desire to tell people about it? Just like I said, keep his memory alive. That's I try to hold on to the good ones, and just the and the shittiest part about grief is sometimes you'll laugh and cry over the same memory. <laughs> really, really. That's terrible. I mean, you almost made me cry earlier, to be honest with you. Um, people make me cry sometimes, but I don't know why. I, I, really, didn't, I didn't think it would happen really with a guy. I, I, I know that sounds odd, but like when you started talking, I thought, I'll be okay. But then when it choked you up, and I was like, damn it, I'm going to get upset too. Um, <laughs> but but, you, but you, just, you just miss them. That's what you were about to say? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it is. It's... it's Rough to talk about it still, sure. even after nine years. I don't expect it's ever getting better. Doesn't doesn't mess with your sobriety though. You're able to kind of keep those things separate. Well, I am California sober. We'll say that. 
So that means we can drink and smoke weed still. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I get no, no alcohol whatsoever. Oh, no drinking. Oh, I can't. That's, that's like taking a shot of insulin. It, it'll, it just bottoms me out so bad. Oh, no kidding. Okay. All right. I so, can't drink at all. Like heart now mixed drinks and stuff like that. Yeah. It raises sugar, but like hard liquor, just taking shots. You can't do that. No kidding. And you don't, I, I, I know a lot of type ones that I've been in another group as well. You can't we uh, hard liquor. You will. You better eat a big meal and then eat another meal too if you're going to drink some liquor. That's how it hits you. Okay, and beer you're not a fan of. I used to like it, but I just can't no more. Yeah, it's interesting. It really is interesting how things change. Um, if we could like just kind of change direction for half a second. Um, not that anything anybody's going to say is going to stop anybody in their tracks, but. If you could get in a time machine and go back, would you ever have touched the drugs? If I could go back? Yeah. Hell no. no. I'd go back and slap me right in the face. Yeah. Can you can you think back to that point, why it was attractive to you back then and what you know now? Like, what's like what would you... Like, if you knew... Because like, you know how that kid felt. So what would you say to him to try to help him with that? Like to if, help with what? Like if you could go find yourself as a child, like you, oh, you, you yeah. know, you know how that well, kid felt. Like so, can well, you? What well, you back say? then, I didn't. The only thing I'd ever done growing up is smoke weed. You know, I mean, most kids do that growing up, and then I'd never done anything else. Um, I didn't really know what it would actually. I didn't know it's going to ruin your life. Right. Um, I, I mean, you know, you hear about it, but it's going to ruin your life. Um. And it did. It's almost so. Is it almost like um, I don't know? You, you you're smoking weed and you're just looking for something different, right? And so you try other things. You don't know the the severity of how it'll grab a hold of you. And then once it's got you, it's hard to just you just can't walk away from it's, it at that point. It's a it's a revolving door, man. It's so it's more mental than physical. To be honest with you, um, now heroin withdrawals are a, they're really physical like you're in pain and it sucks and the meth withdrawals is more mental than anything you just drive yourself crazy mentally mm-hmm. and it, you know that's that first because i never smoked it i only snorted it okay um the first time i ever sniffed it i fell in love i i felt on top of the world i felt like i was a king that was the best thing it was handier than a pocket on a shirt mm-hmm. And take, I love it. Just and just a physical feeling, and because uh, like, you know when people talk about it, they talk about it, people are in pain and they're struggling and they want to relieve that pain. That's what drinking is. That's what drugs are. It's, like, it's the most extreme dopamine release you've ever experienced. Okay, and then and then is it diminishing returns? Like every time you need more to get to the same place. Oh yeah. Now it depends on how good the quality was. Now if you had some good. You know, you do a little bump, you'd be gone for 12 hours and then come back, get a little more. But sometimes it wasn't always that good. And you're not functioning for those 12 hours, right? You're just sort of like in. I actually. Sorry about that. My my mom was calling. Oh, it's beeping in. Um, Russell, what did you. I asked if you were functional during that 12 hour period. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Will you call mom and dad? 
this is why we got her last during the flood. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I was functional. Um, actually, I was a functional meth head. Um, for the most part, yeah, made it to work. There are, like, or you, did what you need you can, to do during the day, that kind of stuff. I know, I know, man, I know plenty of meth heads. That you don't, it don't turn everybody into a zombie. Drugs do to you what the, what you allow them to do to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was functional. We. You know, we I went everywhere. I did everything I need to do, and you could you could tell if you really looked, but you know, most people couldn't even tell. I got you. But the sign the signs were there, though. Okay. Um. All right. Have I? I mean, we're almost an hour into this. I want to make sure. Am I missing anything from your story, or anything you want to talk about that I haven't thought to bring up or direct us towards? I don't think so. It's it's pretty much. It's still an ongoing thing. Yeah. And then that's the thing. It ain't, it ain't ended yet. We're trying to be still right in the middle of all this. Shit. Do you think you're going to, do you think you're going to be able to, I mean, it's a hard question, but do you think you're going to be able to handle the diabetes? Oh yeah. I got this. Yeah. I know I do. Because I have to. I mean, it's like a post on Facebook. I seen the other day. You don't know how strong you are until you have to. Yeah, it's interesting how many people you meet that have type one who who are more aware of their health now than they ever have been in their whole life, and and how how it kind of changes your focus and the way you think about things from eating to exercise and and kind of everything in between. Um, yeah, technically now I'm actually living the cleanest life. You know, as far you know, no alcohol, nothing like that. Um, and I try to watch what I eat and stuff like that and be moderate and don't go crazy on sweets. And yeah, I, I'm trying. <laughs> Would you be interested in, uh, there's a, a whole series of episodes in the podcast with me and, uh, this woman named Jenny, who is a uh, type one for 34 years. And she's also a CDE. She teaches people how to take care of their diabetes. There's this whole series about kind of how to use insulin and, and how to manage food and everything. If if you want, I'll send you a link to it. You can take a look. I think it would be helpful. Might help. Absolutely. You. Yeah. Any, yeah. Any any resource. Per, you know, well, I I don't know if you know. Like, are are you aware? I guess is my question. That you're you're an interesting paradox because your story from earlier in your life is it's, it's insane. And then like, but you here in this moment, you're a reasonable, intelligent, thoughtful person. But you, the stories you tell are about a you know a person out of control. Like, is that is that something you're aware of? Like, as you're talking, I'm a different man now. Um, this is the period that sh- this is the period that should have been here. Um, this is the period that uh, I, 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 I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> I did. It, it feels that simple, right? Like a bad decision and then lost time. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think would have helped you back then? I mean, honestly, like you've been incredibly honest. Is this, is this a function of, it doesn't sound like parenting. It sounds like your mom was concerned. Is it money? Is it, is it access to things? Is it, is it that kind of stuff? Is it, I mean, I don't know how you grew up. Was there poverty involved? (laughs) Well, um, no, not really. Um, It's, I guess down in South Carolina, that's why I moved to Kentucky because Everything I wanted was five minutes away. I knew where to get it. I knew who to get it from. You know, I mean, it's just too accessible. And then when you move somewhere and you don't know nobody, it makes it a lot harder. 
Oh, oh the Kentucky move was literally for for drug use and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you moved to oh where the where the action was. Um, I I see. So now just getting clean and then looking back on your life was enough to was enough to 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 keep you going in that. I mean, it's it's crazy. How long has it been? Like that's a good question. Since like meth or something like that. Like, what's the last drug like that you did? Um, what I think February would be six years. Wow, that's impressive. Wow, that's it's really just, impressive. I just I, I get full of regret too. Yeah, and but the regret doesn't push you back to using. No, uh, now I'm past that part. I mean, what's done is done. I can't change that, so I don't. I don't focus on it, dude. That's a great attitude. I was just I was just editing up an episode last night with this young girl. She's like 21. She's got a kid. She's already been divorced. She she grew up really poorly, and she just took her life over. Like a young girl, like just she figured out what which way was up and what the right thing to do was. And she just grabbed it by the balls and she's doing it. And it's really um, I was stunned when she was talking. It was a long conversation she and I had. And as I'm listening to her, I'm like, how did this girl just figure this out on her own and and put herself in the right direction? She just stays the course, you know, but now you're saying the same thing. You, you know, it's um, I, it, I think it's interesting for people to hear because it'd be easy to write you off, you know. It'd be easy to go back six, seven years and look at you and go, ah, this guy's not going to make it. But but you did, you know, and for no real reason other than you just decided to do it. Right? There was like nothing. I said, eventually you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. You just had enough. You were like, that's enough. Yeah. No kidding. Dude, it's... it's. I, I want, I, the last year that I was doing it, I wanted out. I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know how to quit, though, because I was mixing it with morphine and heroin and dude like 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 hospital grade morphine where you oh get- yeah my buddy my buddy had cancer so he had he he, he had the script <laughs> oh my god look at that now, listen you're you're definitely have a lot of he ingenuity had, he had he had the he had the tens he had the barneys what we call the barneys the 30s he had the gray ghosts what we called the 60s he had them uh, has he passed since then yeah, he's gone. He did. I'm sorry. No. Wow. It, it's and even. Like too, if, I lost. I lost all my friends. I, I lost my little brother, and then just a couple years later, that guy with the cancer. Um, he was one of my best friends. Lost him. Then the other guy, one of my friends, he killed himself. Uh, I mean, I was just losing friends left and right. Okay. He ended up really being on my own because those are the only people that I talked to. Yeah, man, you're a survivor. Because Caleb, Caleb, that's his name, the boy with cancer, he'd come spent, he spent more time at my house than he did at his own. Really? How old was he when he had cancer? Oh, he's, how old was he, Dad? Was nine when Cable had that? He was nine when they diagnosed him. He even went to Mexico with him and stuff. And he beat it for a few years, you know, went to remission. Then he just come back with a vengeance. Jesus, and, a lot of bad luck for a small group of people, that's for sure. Um, that's terrible. Uh, well, I'm sorry to hear about that as well, but, but I'm telling you, like, as far as ingenuity goes, if you said to me right now, Scott, you got to go find morphine. If you find morphine, I'll give you a million. I wouldn't know where the f- get morphine from. Like, that's a, that's amazing. Like it, it oh, like, I can, I can get the hell. I can get you some right now if you want it. <laughs> <laughs> I know where it's at, but I ain't going. <laughs> well, that's really something, man. Uh, it's very impressive. Like, do you spend any time thinking about what you've accomplished? 
Sometimes, yeah. I, 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 that's what I try to think about because I've, I'm, I've eaten up with regret on a lot of things. I try to think of the positives mm-hmm. and not the negatives, the things that I can't change that are over with. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope you're able to keep doing that because, I mean, honestly, what what you've described is it's a huge effort that you got to this spot. It, I think it's incredibly unlikely, too. And you and and here you are. I mean, six years is a long time to just decide I'm not doing that anymore and then honestly not do it anymore. It's really something. It's I'm I'm really it's oddly I'm oddly find myself very impressed with what you did. Um, no, I didn't go to I didn't go to rehab. I locked myself in a room for three weeks. Yeah, I mean, you dug a hell of a hole for yourself to climb out of, and and you found your way out of it. That's um, I don't know. And then my 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 mom and dad both though they're you know, they're, they're, they're really good parents. They always have been. And, but I was at the point to where they couldn't do that for me. I had to make the decision. Yeah. Um, it was on me and they're still, my mother and father are both still a real good support system, but my mother more than anything, cause just her knowledge of diabetes. Um, cause when I, something goes wrong, I call her, right. um, she knows. She knows just as much as my doctor does. Hell, mm-hmm. she might know more. But um, she's very intelligent when it comes to type one. Okay. Wow. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I hear you talking to your dad off and on, right? But like, um, do you think they ever, even privately, then didn't say it to you? Do you think they ever gave up on the idea that you're going to be okay, or do you think they always believed in you that you would? Like I'm trying to put myself in that position. I have a they, they, you know they, I mean? they never get, they never gave up on me. They always loved me, and they just they knew though. But it's a decision I had to make. Um, but deep down, I'm sure they thought, you know, of course he's going to come through this. And they, I mean, they they're really good. my parents were great. I mean, I I grew up in a in a wonderful home. You know, I had a great childhood, good parents and stuff. So that's not what it was. Yeah, you never felt unloved. Or anything like that. No, Lord, no. Wow. Now you guys were just selling and using as kids and trying to make money and and keep it going, right? Yeah, I was, uh, my span of that was what twenty. Yeah, about twenty five to or twenty four to twenty seven ish, like that. Right? Is the, it of the hard hard stuff? Let me ask you a question: Like th- selling drugs where you grew up, is it like? Uh, somebody else saying, Oh, I, I always knew I was going to go to college or I always knew I was going to get a job at the place down the street. Like, did you, did you growing up? Did, was that just seemed like a viable business endeavor for you? Oh, no, that's nothing I really thought about. That's just something I kind of fell into. Just um, happened. Man, um, how I got started with the incense, I was looking for a, I was looking for a job. I was on Craigslist and I seen an ad for a smoke shop. Uh, they needed a just you know someone to help manage it and run it you know like sell pipes and bongs and all that shit, you know what i mean mm-hmm. and um i contacted him and went down there and he said uh he was at, just asking questions of i said and he had a few things in his uh store already i said i can go out there and tell you exactly what to do with every single one of these he said okay show me so i went out there and i said you do this with this do this with this and he almost got us in trouble one time because um, we sold crack pipes because we'd sell we, we'd sell 50 crack pipes a day um, or more. But some, do, you, do, you, do you know what Chore Boy is? No. 
that stuff that's that, that made that stainless steel stuff you wash dishes with oh oh no i do know yeah uh like a scouring pad like no a, the a, one that's just the one that's just metal right no There's, no it's like no, it's just no like uh soap or anything like that on it yeah no no okay. fabric no soap it's just a straight piece of like balled up metal They'll take that and wrap their crack rock around it and stick it in the pipe and because uh, it helps to vaporize it faster, get it hotter. Well, he had both of them. He had the pipes and the chore boys sitting right side by side on the shelf. I said, you can't. That's that's suggestive selling, what they call it. Right. I said, you can't do that. I said, we can sell both of these, but you've got to put them in different places. Okay, you knew the ins and outs of the of the rules already. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. His store was big enough that we all we did we kind of just sectioned it off and made another store next door and got the business license. We done it legit and everything. And um, hmm, that's amazing. I was making I was making a lot of money. <laughs> and the cops know, but they don't do anything. Well, at the time, it was legal. Okay, and you know, they, then then they started banning chemicals in it. Well, then they start changing it and they change this chemical, make it a different one. And then they start banning another chemical where they change it. Well, eventually they ended up banning it completely. And that's how they, the legality become the way it was that's, yeah. become a scheduled drug at that point. Hey, how um, worried should people be about fentanyl in their drugs? Is it everywhere? You know <laughs> Honestly, the the fentanyl hype is more they're they're hyping it up more than what it is okay because now i don't condone anybody using fentanyl outside of a medical place but as far as medically fentanyl is the best medicine they got i dislocated my knee they gave me fentanyl right in the uh, hotel on the floor it is they and it's the only it's the only drug that is measured in micrograms it's not measured in milligrams so used correctly, it's a it's a really it's a valuable drug. Absolutely, hell when they when they took my pancreas out um, after I come out, I was in pain. They gave me some fentanyl in. Wow, um, fentanyl is a great drug if used correctly. the The reason it's so dangerous is because, like I said, it's measured in micrograms. It takes one thousand micrograms to make a milligram. Mm. So you can see how potent that is. Yeah. Well, listen, you understand like, that well enough. You should be able to count carbs. <laughs> no shit. I just, I just got to learn how much is in each thing, though. <laughs> so when you're thinking when they cut, so when they cut drugs, illegal drugs with fentanyl, it's it's more of a, the bigger problem is that they're using too much of it. And that's what yeah. people are ODing on. Yeah. Oh, wow. They're using it to cut it with because that's about the cheapest thing. It's coming out of Mexico. Um, it's coming from China, too. Hmm. But um, and it's, but it, it is it is a problem. But they're hyping it up more than it is. Okay. I because I okay I for example, I I still see drugs from time to time. You know I don't do them, but I still see them from time to time. I ain't seen shit with fentanyl in it. Interesting. No, I, I, I um, could, could it be like, like I got place to place. I got too, right? I got a but I got a buddy. He um he had some coke not long ago in. They would. They wouldn't have fentanyl. I mean, I haven't experienced it yet, so it's not as much of a wave as they're saying it is. It is the, out there, but interesting. Wow. Um, what do you think of the people who talk about doing drugs safely, like 
testing your drugs first, make sure it's what it says it is. Do you think that's a good idea? What do you mean exactly? Elaborate a little. They actually make test kits. Like you could test your cocaine, you could test your heroin. So like people who are going to use those drugs anyway, but they're getting them from places they don't know. They oh, that's what you're asking. Yeah. Hell no, ain't nobody testing nothing. <laughs> I, I had a girl on that said that they have uh, testing stations because you know that t- that test is going to cost money. Well, hell no, I can put that money towards something else. You know what I'm saying? I see. What you're <laughs> that this that's, these are for fans. Kids is what you're telling me is that using these. Tests. That's yeah. That's yeah. that's the kids in the suburbs popping yeah, yeah. daddy's Percocets. <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting to hear different perspectives on on, on the same topic. So I, I appreciate you talking about it like this. Um, okay. I mean, if you don't have anything else, I don't think I have any other questions. Um, but I really appreciate you doing this. Nah, man. I had a good time. Good. Um, oh, I'm glad. Hell, I appreciate you getting on the show. No, are you kidding me? I I. I First of all, the, the, you know, the person that directed you to me, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of him. And so, uh, I was excited, uh, to, to do that. I'm still looking for, like, we do these episodes called after dark, which yours easily qualifies for, uh, just because, you know, people need to know that we're going to pretty much talk for an hour about drugs and doing illegal things. Uh, but, but, uh, I still, I'm looking for someone who's been in prison for a long time with diabetes I have found five people over five years. I haven't gotten one of them to follow through and record yet. And it usually ends up being a probation issue. Like they very, they don't want to get in more trouble. So they kind of say no at the end. Um, but anyway, that's one of the things I'm looking for. I figured I'd put it in this episode in case anybody listening has a, knows somebody. Or well, I, have, story. I, I have, I can name you 10, 10 of my old friends that are in prison right now. I, I still check on them time to time. because you, you, Everything's public knowledge. You can look them up. I need them to have type one though, Perry. Oh, I know that. Um, yeah, that's yeah. Just, I might can find, I might can find you one though. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Perry, you might be. That's, my what, guy. that's what I was saying. I'm, I might can find you. I was going to say, if you could find that morphine, I think you could find that. It's partly why I brought it up. Well, it's like, he might be able to do this. <laughs> so. Well, I'm getting, I'll, I'll text him here in a minute. He's got a phone. They all got phones in there. They'll find it, take it. They'll get another one. It's, They'll never beat it. <laughs> never. Uh, yeah, just they just keep cycling like burner phones through the through the the, the guard. Door. The guard. The guards are bringing it in because there's too many of them. There's too many phones being brought in. There's too many around. There's no way that that many phones are coming in people's asses. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you th- so do you think um you think the guards do it because it's a money maker? Do you think they do it because? All right, I just go ahead and tell you. I know for a fact one of the guys I used to run with. I ain't gonna say his name or nothing like that, but um, they would make what they call bombs. It was a cell phone, a prepaid card, some tobacco, some rolling papers, maybe a couple of little things, and they'd wrap it up tight in these little balls, and they called them bombs. And they'd take about twenty five, thirty of them, and I, I knew the guard that he gave them to. <laughs> no kidding. That's it. Yeah. It's it's in, it's just everything so damn interesting. Um, I don't know. I found I found this I found this conversation absolutely fascinating. I, I appreciate you very much doing it. It um when we're done talking, I'll point you towards. There's the, there's a there's a lot there's a lot. It's grimy, and there a lot of people don't talk about that. Well, a lot of people don't even know because they don't live that life. Like I mean, I was I was in the trenches for a few years. Mm-hmm. You ever see anybody killed? Ever seen anybody killed? No, I haven't been held at gunpoint. You've been held at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you ever? Have you ever? Did you use a gun as part of what you were doing? 
I was actually on my way to go. I I was actually on my way to go kill him because uh, I was so mad. I he he held me at gunpoint. He robbed me, and then I went back because I was able. I was in a place that um pretty rough area, but I was allowed to be in that rough area because I knew there was enough people. And he was just a little bit young kid. He was only sixteen years old. Scared. To, that's what scared me because he was shaking while he was holding this gun. I said, Oh my God, he's going to shoot me because yeah. he's scared because he was scared. Right. Um, and then he ended up letting me go. And then I went to my friend and told him exactly what happened. And he, I told him who it was and I was actually going to go kill him. And then ended up somebody Greenville. He tried to rob somebody else in Greenville County, seen him and then Greenville County picked him up. So that probably saved me a prison sentence. Wow. You were saved and he was saved by him getting arrested. Yeah, yeah, I was going to kill him. No kidding. By the way, out of revenge or because you didn't want him coming back and doing it again and killing you by mistake? Just mad because I was allowed to be in there and he's just a little bit young kid and didn't know who I was. Gotcha. I see. So a bit of a respect thing. Yeah, it yeah. pissed me off because, oh, he got in a lot of trouble over that because once the, the people that I knew in there, once they found out, yeah, then he got in trouble. He found that on the other end. Do, do, yeah, he got in trouble. You looking back on this, do you recognize that person who would have gone and killed that kid? Me? Yeah. yeah. You you still recognize where that, that all came from. But do you think you could do it now? Do you think if it happened again right now, do you think you'd have the same reaction? I'd drop him right now. Yeah. So there's there's a line you're not you're not willing to let somebody cross. No, it's it, it may like you said, it's mainly a respect thing, because that's Something like that or spit in my face. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It'd be a different level. I understand. Yeah. Perry, I can't thank you enough, man. I really appreciate you doing this. Say no problem. Hey, bring me back sometime if I, you need me. I, I think I might. I'd like to thank Perry for coming on the show, sharing his remembrances of his brother and all of his stories. Absolutely amazing. Thank you very much, Perry. I want to thank Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 and Dexcom G7 continuous glucose monitors and remind you to go to Dexcom.com forward slash juice box to get started today. Also those, bleh, sorry, also those diabetes pro tips and all the other series at juiceboxpodcast.com or by searching your player, go find them. They're, I, I, listen, I can sit here all day and read you listener reviews about the pro tips and the other series that would blow you away. But just go check them out for yourself. They're free. Go take advantage of them, please. And if you're just new to the podcast, please subscribe or follow in a podcast app like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, uh, Audible, anything. Really, anywhere you can get audio, you can get the Juicebox podcast. When you find it, subscribe and follow, please. I don't think there's anything else. Oh, uh, there's a survey. Sorry. Survey for podcast listeners is at some funky link. Oh, did you know when you click off the page, Dexcom.com forward slash juice box, it offers a, um, a free 10 day trial of the G6 to see if you're eligible for it. Anyway, there's a little tip. Uh, anyway, the survey, right? I said anyway a lot. I'm going to just put the link in the show notes. There's a link to a survey. I'm trying to find out if the podcast is valuable for you around your health and well-being. Uh, I appreciate if you took it. It's just for me. Nobody else will say it. Um, we might share some broad results on social media and stuff like that, but nobody's going to know it was you. It would be really valuable for me if you could take the time. 
Thank you so much. I will be back soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast.